0: Hey guys, I want to welcome you guys to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. We've got a great episode this week. Uh, before we begin, please hit the subscribe button, as well as the notifications bell, and be sure to like, comment, and share if you like this episode, and we'll get into this week's sponsor and show. So welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the financial freedom for physicians and as you know we highlight and tout four different types of freedom so first is financial second is emotional third is time and fourth is location and i'm always my mission is to bring financial awareness and financial literacy to my audiences that are high income earning professionals and bring you awareness to the different types of information mindsets products offerings and just to connect you with them. So today we have um, Alan Donenfeld from uh, CityVest, who is a um, real estate firm. And he's also a sponsor for Financial Freedom for Physicians. And we're going to have a great discussion all about um, real estate with CityVest's uh, private real estate offerings and talk about his current offering. So Alan, welcome to the show.
1: Glad to be here, Chris. Nice to uh, talk with you today.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, we're happy to have you as an official sponsor, and um, and just tell us more about yourself, your background, how you started City Vest, what City Vest is, and uh, we'll go into we'll go from there.
1: Well, that could be a couple of hours. I'll, I'll try to keep it short. So, I'm the uh, founder and CEO of a company named City Vest. It's the culmination of about 40 years of uh, investing experience. I've done about three and a half billion dollars worth of transactions in real estate, private equity, little venture capital. I ran a hedge fund for about 10 years. Uh, I own a uh, SEC FINRA broker dealer. Uh, So I've had quite a lot of experience. And uh, after looking at a full array of transactions over that long 40 year period, started investing with my brother, and I kind of feel like I've cracked the code of successful investing by pinpointing uh, specific kinds of transactions for my my own money, my brother's money, and some friends. And the business has is, is somewhat grown up around what we started to do about six years ago. He's a anesthesiologist in Los Angeles, and he had had some uh, some bad results from investing in a couple of crowdfunding sites, and so I um, alerted him that real estate private equity funds had the best performance of uh, any real estate investing. And so, after discarding the very large real estate funds, which uh, which had ten twenty million dollar minimum investments, uh, found a couple of really stellar real estate private equity funds. Uh, But even they had $500,000 million minimums, and it came somewhat naturally, given my experience, that uh, by combining uh, our money with a couple of other doctors, we met that $500,000 minimum investment of this very attractive fund, and uh, that deal went very well. After doing a a couple of these, I realized that with uh, the 3 million or so that we had raised from our uh, group of, uh, of physician investors that we were actually able to ask for enhanced investment terms and then real estate that typically meant that we could get a, uh, a 12% preferred return followed by an 80-20 split of profit. So that was the, the origins of uh, CitiVest, of our investing, our own capital, and then, uh, and then, getting enhanced terms from uh, from sponsors.
0: Well, wow, that's that's quite a story, and um, and uh, that's um. We'll go into more questions, but the f- the first question is, you know, like um, what's interesting is that a lot of physicians they they get burned initially. They have a bad advisor. Or they made a bad investment, and uh, so they realize that they need you know financial education, or they just need somebody that. Uh, is is reputable and knows what they're doing. So um, that's quite a fascinating story, and it's a lot of ways that a lot of physicians get in. And so, in and Cityvest specializes in bringing a lot of real estate deals to high income earning professionals. And um, tell me more. What what is it about the um, the market that brings you your um, services, and why you specifically focus on physicians and other Professionals.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think what happens in the market is if you're a sponsor, you know, you haven't done a lot of the deals, certainly, you don't have enough of a track record to have investors give you the money in a blind pool to then go out and do deals so that that would take a lot of trust to give somebody your money and say, go do deals, I, I don't know, you know, what's going to be in the fund, but here's my money so that takes a lot of trust in order to get to that position, you have to have 50 or hundred million dollars minimum of assets under management, having done deals. There aren't, um, there aren't a whole lot of people that have that level of experience. So as people are, are trying to get that experience and I call them sponsors, they, they wanna make a lot of money. And, and typically they're doing individual deals They'll say, here's the nice shiny new deal, focus on that. But a lot of investors neglect to ask the question, what is your audited track record? Mm -hmm. Because they don't have an audited track record, and they're not going to tell you that. They're going to say, hey, look at the deal, don't look at me. And, And that's where I think investors go wrong. And they start to look at the deal, and the sponsor starts to explain the deal, but overlooking what is your audited track record? Who's your auditor? Do you have an administrator? How much money are you investing in this project? Um, you know, has there been a third party due diligence report on that sponsor so that uh, nothing's gonna pop up in the background like like liens or bankruptcies that might uh, result in uh, stresses on that sponsor so that he doesn't perform uh, as expected so. I I think that individual uh, investors, a lot of physicians will trust other physicians. Frankly, uh, the side gig of other physicians may not necessarily be the best real estate investment that you can make. Uh, It would probably be better to find somebody that's been in the industry for 30 years. He has a company, a vertically integrated company, having done brokerage and construction, and uh, leasing. And now he's at the point of of using all of that experience with the team of people that have been together. They've done 100 million in transactions previously. They have a track record that they're willing to say, here's all the deals that we've done. Uh, Hopefully they haven't had any investment losses. And then you can base your judgment on how that person will perform in the future. So the reason specifically that I like to give my money to that kind of investment manager is in today's market, uh, we've all heard about the bidding wars for various properties. So if you have a sponsor without enough capital, he needs to raise the capital on a deal-by-deal basis, then he's in a distinct disadvantage trying to bid on a property with money that he doesn't yet have. He's got to go raise it. As compared to a real estate private equity fund that's sitting on 50 or 100 million dollars, he doesn't even need to get a mortgage to close on the property. And uh, when a seller is selling a property, he wants to find that buyer that has the capital to close, isn't going to throw up, oh, I need a mortgage, give me an extra three months to close. Well, that's a sponsor who's looking to raise the equity capital, but a real estate private equity fund, he can be very opportunistic. And real estate brokers know who the real buyers are, which are the funds with capital. And if you're a broker, do you wanna go to a sponsor that needs to raise the money through crowdfunding? Or do you wanna go to a real estate private equity fund that's sitting with lots of capital, wants to do the deal? Yes, maybe they're uh, what what a fund might pay is going to be 15% less, but their ability to close, the comfort that, yes, in three weeks or two months, that investor can close because he has the capital. Uh, so those funds typically get the best opportunistic pricing. They see all of the deals, and frankly, the deals that that the funds pass on end up going to the crowd funders and other people who don't have a fund, who are trying to scrape some money together and uh, and acquire properties
0: you yeah you said it so uh well and so um eloquently and uh, just so many um gems of information and um my next my next question will will, uh, i will add in that when i um coach physicians and when they're looking at these real estate investment deals, um, in the passive side, I tell them that the number one thing is to vet the sponsor because the sponsor, you know, their track record, their reputation, their performance, everything uh, rides on the sponsor. So vet the sponsor first, and then, you know, then you can look at the numbers, look at the deal. And if it makes sense, you can invest in them for physicians. Um, You know, physicians are a very interesting cohort because they make a lot of money, but they a lot of times they lack um, time and experience. So um, for why are um, private equity real estate deals most uh, advantageous to physicians as opposed to investing actively in actively managed real estate?
1: So um, I've just given a, a lot of reasons why. Private equity funds are best, but it's going to come down at the end of the day to a matter of trust. Who can you actually trust? And in all of our transactions, uh, let me just give you a a glimpse of what we go through in order to vet a manager and uh, bring an offering to investors. We're first reviewing about 700 real estate private equity funds a year. And we sort through them rather quickly. Uh, there are that many, and they are uh, they are fairly easy to locate uh, through the Securities and Exchange Commission database because every offering that's made uh, must seek a uh, registration with the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission. So we look at about 700 funds. We parse through those to find the ones that that are uh, a a bigger size because we believe that there's less competition for real estate deals when you're buying a property that's 50 million versus a $5 million property. We know that on real estate crowdfunding sites, there's a lot of smaller transactions. It's a feeding frenzy down there. And typically I like to say that the winner loses because the winner of a bidding process on a five or $10 million property typically loses because he's overpaid while at a $50 million level that asset and typically is more sophisticated buyers. And it's not going to, the bidding's not going to go to a level where the returns are so low that it becomes unattractive because these are professional investors. So we're looking for funds that are typically raising a minimum of 20 or 30 million, and hopefully it's. 50, 100 million, even 150 million. So a a larger amount of equity that will be targeted at larger transactions. And then once we've narrowed that field down to the larger funds, we start to dig into, okay, who is that fund? Is there an audited track record? Do they have an administrator? Uh, What's their niche? And so, if all of that goes well, and we've narrowed the 700 down to about 10 per year, on every transaction that we do, we uh, we commission a third-party due diligence report from a firm named Buttonwood, and they confirm in writing. And that report goes on our website for every transaction that we do, uh, and the report goes through uh, their actually requesting and reviewing the audit engagement agreement and the administrator's engagement agreement so they can confirm that they are engaged. And you might think, well, that seems to you know be going overboard in analysis, but it's clearly not because there's many people out there uh, going back to the greatest fraud of them all, uh, Bernie Madoff. He said he had a audit firm. And as it turned out, it was uh, a one-person firm and nobody had done any due diligence to uh, validate who that audit firm was. So you really have to do that, that level of work, uh, button would also um, make sure that there's skin in the game for that manager that they have a minimum investment amount. We require a, um, a key man life insurance policy on that uh, that key investment manager to make sure that if something happens to him, that the fund can operate going forward using the funds from that insurance policy they go through. FINRA and SCC databases to make sure there's no negative comments or or um, securities violations, as well as uh, background checks on lawsuits, um, any litigation, drunk driving arrests, uh, bankruptcies. So there's a, a full array of due diligence that's done. And then uh, the key of what Cityvest does is we sign a side letter agreement with each of our funds where their terms might be a 7 or 8% PREF, followed by 70-30 split of profits or 75-25, some are even down as low as 50-50 split of profits. In all of our transactions, uh, we, we are typically getting a 12% PREF, so a much higher PREF, mm-hmm. typically 4% higher, and we're asking for 80% of profits over that PREF uh, we would not agree to a 70% split of profits or 60 or anything less than that. So we do go through a significant amount of, of due diligence and steps just to bring uh, that fund to the market. Unfortunately, we're only allowed 99 investment slots. We set a minimum investment of 25,000 per investor. Typically, these funds have 500000 or $1 million subscription. So uh, t- investors couldn't get into these funds uh, if they wanted to, unless they had this million dollar minimum investment size, we not only make it accessible at that $25,000 level, but we're also adding better investment terms for our investors.
0: Yeah, so that so sounds like CityVest. it uh, allows physicians to access the best real estate private equity funds with enhanced investment terms, uh, verified due diligence and lower risk. So we'll transition. <laughs> that's what I
1: that's what I tell everybody is is that exact thing. And and they say, really, the best terms. Everybody says that. And I say, yes. And these are institutional deals. And and many investors say, well, everybody else is saying they've got institutional deals. Well, a, a five million dollar deal is not an institutional deal. Sometimes even a $10 million deal, $20 million is not institutional. These are big funds. Uh, oftentimes uh, there are LPs in the transaction alongside us at the fund level, uh, and it, sometimes I look and say, "Oh, Goldman Sachs is the LP in this deal. Blackstone <laughs> is the LP, and and they're getting worse terms than us because they have to pay a um, if the, the LP they have to pay fees and a promote up to the general partner, and oftentimes we are the co GP in a fund that is earning those fees off of Goldman Sachs or Blackstone. So we get better terms than those big funds.
0: Mm-hmm. And so is City uh, CityVest, what is a uh, CityVest strategy? Does it do uh, multifamily, commercial, apartments? Uh, go ahead and elaborate.
1: Well, our, <clears throat> our favorite sector has been multifamily <clears throat> and it's likely to continue to be uh, our favorite sector. I think it's the the sector with the least risk. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are some attractive sectors like uh, industrial properties, which are warehouses. Uh, the values have gone up significantly over the last five years as uh, e-commerce has exploded. But that is a I would need to find a superior investment fund manager that knows that space and until i do we're not going to be focused in that area it really comes down to that manager and his capability we did one fund that was uh, a rehab hospital developer it is performing extremely well mm-hmm. while there hasn't been great cash flow yet because their developments and they built these rehab hospitals uh, we're getting closer to the sale of those hospitals, and on that particular deal, in fact, we got a, a 15% pref. And I believe that um, when all those hospitals are sold, likely to a uh, a healthcare REIT, uh, we're expecting something like a 20 to 25% net IRR from that uh, from that investment. So there are different niches. We did a senior living transaction. But I would say 80% of our investments have been in multifamily and within multifamily, there are sub niches such as workforce housing, uh, student housing, and uh, we have done both of those. We do like right now workforce housing because we see a lot of, of um, uh, reasons why uh, lower income employees uh, will benefit from an increase in minimum wage. <clears throat> and from um, the inflation of wages, we know that unemployment is at extraordinarily low levels. I think the statistic I saw this week was it's at a 52-year low. So the number of people vying for workforce housing, you know, where the deal that we're doing right now, in fact, for uh KCAP access fund they bought six properties in Memphis, which is a very strong uh, workforce market, with um, uh, workers that, uh, there's a FedEx hub there, a UPS hub, St. Jude Hospital, has a significant employee base auto zone. So it's a, it's a very strong market, and the average rent in this particular, uh, across the board of these 1,200 units in workforce housing average rent is about $850. We see wages in Memphis going up for mm-hmm. those factory workers and, and other uh, lower middle-income uh, workers. And the goal is to spend money on value-add improvements so that these employees, uh, there's more demand at these facilities. Those employees will have the extra money as their wages are going up with inflation. And the goal is to get the rents up from 850 up to 1000 or 1100 that may not seem like a lot, but a ten to twenty percent increase in uh, rents across the board of twelve hundred units, mm-hmm. uh, they're projecting a thirty-one percent IRR on those uh, six different properties that they bought in Memphis.
0: Mm-hmm. You you mentioned the the value add strategy, and I know some of the listeners may be familiar, and some of them may not. So, it, um, would you? Please explain what value-add strategy is to, the, to, that, um, to that sector.
1: Absolutely. Uh, sorry that I've, I've jumped ahead in my terminology. So real estate is divided up into four key areas, core, core plus, value-add, and opportunistic. And just by the name of core, that would typically be uh, class A properties, beautiful properties, maybe central business district, the high-rise buildings, that are uh, newish, maybe they were built in the last 10 years, and there's not a lot of room for rent increases. But you know that that office building in downtown Tampa, let's say, uh, that that building is going to stay occupied. And typically, the rate of return that you can get from an investment like that is going to be low because there's very little capability to get rents up but you're not gonna lose money on it. So the investors in those kinds of investments are typically insurance companies and pension funds endowments that are happy to earn a 8%, 6%, 8%, maybe as high as a 10% IRR uh, Blackstone and the very large uh, real estate investment firms uh, that are managing sovereign wealth, billions of dollars. They're looking for those class A properties that are core properties. We look for that lower end of the spectrum of value-add and opportunistic. That's where you have the chance of earning a 15% IRR, 20%, and a couple of our funds are even targeting 30% IRRs. And in real estate, which typically has a lower risk profile than more risky venture capital and and even some stocks, uh, in, in, in real estate, it's a, it's a fairly simple proposition. You buy the building, you rent it out, and that's your business. You're not recreating products. There's no real competition that's going to leapfrog your technology. Obviously, there's no technology. So in a uh, value-add proposition, the, the example that I gave was uh, our current uh, KCAP investment company bought six properties in Memphis, they're fairly run down. they many of them were built 30 years ago. Uh, and when they were built, they were may have been acquired along the way by a tenants in common group of investors that only wanted the cash flow out of these properties year after year. And so year after year, they became less well managed, they weren't putting money back into the property. Uh, to make sure that it was a beautiful property. They just wanted their cash flow. Fast forward to 2021 and it looks pretty shabby. They're getting pretty low rents because there's maybe newer properties that are a mile down the road and they're getting higher rents. So the goal is to find those properties that are a bit run down, that there might be a problem. I remember uh, a couple of different uh, investment fund managers they like to create their list of problems because if they can fix those problems, then all of a sudden they can start to get higher rents. If a property is at lower rents and a low occupancy, let's say it's at 85 or 90% occupancy, imagine spending $5,000 per door to put in two-tone paint, carpeting, stainless steel refrigerator, countertops, new bathrooms in the development itself, you... Reblacktop the driveway, you put in a new model unit, new landscaping, repaint the building, you put in a dog run package, uh, storage uh, facility, and all of a sudden those people paying 850 are willing to pay 1,100 or 1,200. And not only do you have the higher rent, but you also get your occupancy up from 85, 90 percent up to 95 or 100 percent. The result of that is your net operating income, the income that you get from the property, will be higher. That is the goal of a value-add strategy, is to get your income up. So then when you're selling a property and you've improved as many, um, as many units as you can over a five-year period, you then sell that property at both a higher net operating income and then that next buyer that might be um, less integrated, so they're, they're not a vertically integrated investment management company, they might be a Wall Street kind of investor, they come in and say, oh, great, we don't have to do any work, therefore we're willing to pay up for this property, and the, the combination of the higher net operating income and being willing to accept a lower cap rate, and that's a whole discussion of what cap rates are, but that combination is what our managers look for to be able to generate 20% plus IRRs. In the case of our current KCAP offering, they're targeting a 25% plus IRR portfolio wide, although that Memphis Six property, they're actually targeting a 31% uh, net IRR on that uh, investment.
0: Wow, so that's so eloquently stated um and then i'm going i'm going to switch gears so we'll talk about you know the actual mechanics so you said that uh, you know some of their funds are twenty five thousand minimum and what is the expected holding period before investors see either um you know dividends or returns or you know, the sale of the property usually it's three to five years what about city vest
1: yeah so so each of our access funds will pool capital from 99 investors and then that entire pool of capital let's say 5 million is invested in one real estate private equity fund so our uh life of our access fund will exactly match the underlying fund typically it is uh somewhat illiquid in fact it is very illiquid for uh uh, that term of that underlying fund which is will range from Five to nine years, depending on the fund. Some funds look to start exiting properties in year three, four, five. Some funds want to hold for five to seven years. So, depending on the, the fund, uh, there is a period of illiquidity. We are seeking to set up a city vest uh, investment fund so that if you invest in one of our funds and by year three, your kids are going to college and you need some extra money or you know, you want to buy a new house and you need an extra $200,000, whatever that use might be, medical expenses, um, we're, we're hoping to put in place a, a liquidity facility so that you could sell back that interest if you need to so that this, uh, you know, this possibility of having an illiquid investment um, is not an issue for you going forward.
0: And what are the uh, fees that Cityvest charges?
1: Good question. So uh, we charge 1.75% per year in our access fund. And the reason I believe that that is uh, a reasonable fee to pay is you have to remember that I've negotiated an enhanced investment return. So rather than the access fund receiving this 8% PREF, followed by a 70-30 split or 60-40 split of profits, we've actually negotiated a 12% split, 4% higher uh, preferred rate of return, plus then a higher percentage of profits. So our 1.75% in fees uh, against the 4% higher pref, you will always end up with at least a 2% advantage investing through CitiVest, and could be significantly more, depending on how much higher percentage of profits we've been able to uh, negotiate with that sponsor. You know, if if the underlying fund is at 70, 30 and we've gotten 80-20, that would be even more profits that we've gotten uh, from that uh, from that investment fund manager, so that our relatively small 1.75% per year fee uh, um, actually doesn't really matter.
0: So it sounds like it uh, would be a very attractive uh, potential investment for those are, that are interested. And I know that CitiVest, uh, it has some current offerings um, towards, uh, and would you care to talk about that for the audience and listeners that are, that are interested in investing with Cityvest?
1: Sure, I, I've leaked out <laughs> some, some information about uh, KCAP Uh, the underlying fund is uh, KCAP uh, RE Fund 3. Uh, It actually is their eighth real estate private equity fund. They have over 400 million in assets under management. And uh, we have signed a side letter agreement, getting exactly what I previously described, which is this 12% PREF followed by an 80-20 split. If you want to invest directly into KCAP and you want to invest a lot of money, feel free to get your 8% PREF. But through us, you can get a higher PREF. And on our website at cityvest.com, you will see KCAP Access Fund with that 12% PREF, 25%, I'm sorry, $25,000 minimum investment size Uh, All of the terms are described there. We have a Buttonwood uh, report that goes over the background of the manager, their governance. They're investing two and a half million. It's a total of a $50 million fund. Uh, They've actually closed already on 45 million. So they have this last uh, $5 million piece that they're looking to fill that they've given to us. We're seeking to raise that capital. before the end of the year. So basically over the next two to two and a half weeks, um, we actually just launched uh, yesterday on December 9th. And uh, we have about 15 investors in the first 18 hours or so. And so we're we're well on our way. This is going uh, relatively quickly. I hope that you can post this um, on, a, on a speedy basis so that yes. your listeners can... Uh, respond to uh, hearing this and go to cityvest.com and possibly make their investment. Uh, one other thing I, I might add. So in addition to all of the due diligence that we've done, uh, we run a daily group conference call. Uh, it happens at slightly different times each each day. So if your schedule is such that you might have a noon slot available but can't ever you know, get on a call in the afternoon, that's fine. There's there's different times. Some are at noon, some at five o'clock, some at six o'clock. Those are all Eastern times. And you can get on a group conference call. You don't have to say anything. You can work and learn about what this deal and what CityVest is doing. Or you can ask me, Alan, you mentioned cap rates. I don't know what that is. Can you describe that? I'm happy to make sure that you're educated. You don't have to do the, the first deal that this Kcap deal, you can wait until next April and come on a whole bunch of our calls, learn about real estate investing because I want to make sure that you feel comfortable with your investment size. Now, I would say that at this point uh, we have a lot of investors, those fifteen investors uh, that have come into Kcap over the last eighteen hours, they're mostly people who are in our other transactions. They were probably just going to their investor dashboard where they see their prior investments and looking to see the latest distribution that they've got. They noticed we had a new offering and they basically hit the button, invest now, filled in their documents. Uh, I probably didn't even speak to any of those people because <laughs> they know what we're about. They read the site and they filled in their documents. Uh, I haven't checked the bank account, but I'm sure they've already wired <laughs> their funds and, and it's there. Uh, and they typically have started out at twenty five thousand and now feel comfortable, you know after seeing the investment dashboard and getting k ones. Now they're comfortable, and many of them are investing you know frankly hundred to hundred and fifty thousand per transaction. And as their other crowdfunded investments through other companies are maturing, they're taking that money. They've now discovered Cityvest. It's just a better way to invest in real estate significantly safer, more due diligence, the due diligence report. And if none of those reasons impress you, then we have better investment terms from these investment fund managers who are, we think, some of the best investment managers out there.
0: Mm-hmm. And for all the uh, listeners out there, Ellen's um, uh, offering and website and contact information will be included in the show notes so and this will be released on a timely basis because I know when when is the uh, closing date for the fund
1: you got to uh, have wired the funds by December 27th so hopefully it doesn't interrupt anyone's Christmas plans uh, or maybe it's you know at time that you've uh, you've already uh, uh, allotted to be taking off and it gives you the, uh, the time at home to sit and review our website, learn some of the, uh, the nuances of real estate investing. You might also click a button at uh, the top of our site that says uh, learn more, or um, there are uh, a couple of different videos on the KCAP fund, and some other videos that we've done with uh with others. Uh, we did a video recently with uh with Kevin Foe of Kevin MD. And it's a fairly long video, about 45 minutes, and we go through some of the same information we've discussed here. So that might be helpful to learn more about uh real estate investing and about uh, KCAP. And we'll have another transaction in January and February as we you know go about uh, finding. What we think are the best real estate investments in the
0: market, mm-hmm. and uh, is the uh, fund for accredited investors only? Or are there investor requirements? Can you elaborate on that? Yes.
1: Well, we we've tried to make this accessible for uh, non-institutional investors. So, you know, if if you have a million dollars, invest in a five hundred million dollar fund. Uh, we make this accessible only to accredited individuals. Definition of that is uh, if you're a married couple, income for the last two years of 300,000 or more, or there's a a net worth test, which is a net worth of a million dollars or more excluding your home, which we can assess through your brokerage account, uh, or you can get a a accredited investor verification letter signed by... An attorney, broker-dealer, uh, or an accountant, or there are also services. The easiest way is probably just send me a brokerage statement that shows you know the value of your securities, and we can uh, validate that you are an accredited investor.
0: Awesome! So so much uh, information, and um, you know it's, it's so wonderful to see that there's so many different alternatives to um, real estate investing, and, and I think for you know for high net worth accredited investors you know that are very pressed for time that don't have a lot of time for you know direct active management of real estate uh, syndications private equity real estate is the best and um, with the right sponsor you know you can increase your returns you can have your time and so thanks alan for bringing on all the your knowledge, expertise, wisdom, and talk to us about CVS. We'll have you more on uh, the podcast for future um, episodes, um, information, the blog, all of these resources. And lastly, how can people get in touch with you, Uh, email, website, um, contact information?
1: Sure, uh, Chris, this has been a a total pleasure. I'm always happy to educate people who are uh, smart and interested so uh, happy to field phone calls, emails, messages through our website. Uh, the website is, is obviously cityvest.com, C I T C-I-T-Y-B-E-S-T. Y uh, V E S T. My direct phone number is 917 747 3091, or you can email me at alan, a l a n, at cityvest.com. At the website, there are a couple of buttons that allow you to log in. If you just wanna get on our mailing list to get emails about our next offering, go to the website. You can fill in your name and email and you'll get emails about each of our offerings that comes up. That's a good way to stay in the flow. Uh, I've already mentioned, we have a learn more section, articles in education. Uh, there's about 20 different articles, some of which will explain cap rates, cash on cash return, uh, net operating income, uh, internal rate of return or IRR. These are the the core foundations of understanding investments, but there is obviously with real estate, a lot more uh, that goes into the analysis, but those are some of the core things and we do explain those on the website. So Chris, thank you for uh, allowing me to uh, tell the uh, CityVest story. And hopefully I see some of your uh, constituents come to the site. uh, Always happy to uh, educate interested people.
0: Alan, thanks so much. And we'll look forward to having you on future episodes.
1: Thank you, Chris. Have a great day.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that excellent episode with Alan Donenfield. Just a quick shout out about CityVest. CityVest has quickly become the most popular and best way for doctors to invest in top performing real estate private equity funds that are usually reserved for institutional investors. You can check them out at cityvest.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes below. Also, they have an upcoming KCAP fund that j- recently opened and is seeking institutional as well as private syndicator investors. The closing date is end of December, so be sure to check them out at the in the link below. We hope that you enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrisleumdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.